0: Hey, what's up everybody? It's Dean Rogers. Welcome back to the Dean Rogers Show. Today, I've got an incredible guest, Mr. Cole Taylor. What's up, Cole? What's up? Good to be here, Dean. It's going to be a fun time. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It is. Uh, I'm stoked because I love talking about fitness, health, uh, business, and we're here to talk about all those things. So, all the above. Uh, all the above. So th- those of you that don't know Cole, he's a health and performance coach, coach, entrepreneur, international speaker, founder of The Starting Line. Okay, you guys can see that there in the background if you're watching this on the video. And uh, over over Cole's career, he's coached thousands, including Fortune 500 business owners, professional athletes, pastors, famous musicians. He's also spoken to massive audiences on stage, up to 30,000 people across the world, uh, share the stage with some just absolute titans like Ed Milette, John Maxwell, Robert Kiwazaki, Kevin Harrington, just to name a few. And uh feels like you're just getting started, man. You're a man on a mission. And uh, and your mission is to inspire and empower people to step into the more they were created for. Boy, do I love that. That gets me fired up. So uh, <laughs> my team says,
1: I think my team wrote that. They say nice things about me. <laughs>
0: they do, yeah. They get you get you feeling good. Hey guys, welcome to the Dean Rogers Show, where we talk about real deals that we're doing and bring on awesome guests to talk about how they're finding success in their business to inspire and motivate you. Don't forget to like and subscribe. All right, see you on the show. Well, dude, uh, that's a highlight reel about you. Tell me what your life as an adult started out with, you know, like how, how did you get started on your journey?
1: Yeah. So it's been a wild turn. I feel like this is probably similar to most entrepreneurs in that you just like trying all the things like, oh, I could be good at that or I could do that. Um, you see an opportunity and you pursue it and chase it and decide if it you know, sticks for you. Uh, I was never the kid who from the very beginning of life was like, oh, I want to be a doctor and that's my whole vision. And, you know, I was just... I didn't have an idea. Uh, I just knew I you know, loved sports. I knew I wanted to make an impact on people. I liked music. And so kind of a wandering journey, but I, I started off uh, from college. Uh, so I played division one football and went straight from football and getting my business degree into full-time occupational ministry. And so I was a pastor and it's kind of a big shift there, but I grew up in a family of pastors. That was kind of the pinnacle for me of what it looked like to make an impact on people and to accomplish yep. something when you're with your life is to be the guy on stage serving and helping people. Um, and I loved it. Honestly, like I, uh, it's extremely fulfilling. Um, that was a, a really cool season for me. Um, but there was also a lot that I that didn't click for me. A couple things was one. I just didn't like making $30,000 a year. <laughs> it's not super fun you. You can pay like an intern if you work like 80, 90, hundred hours a week with all the events you do. Yeah. Um, you know, that wasn't a fun thing, but then also there's just other areas that I wanted to talk about things that I was passionate about that I didn't really have the space for, uh, whether it was, um, you know, business or, you know, the fitness that I had the passion for, or, you know, even just practical conversations. Whereas a pastor that, you know, let's use health, for example, a guy would come to me like, man, I just, I don't feel good. Like I'm anxious all the time. I'm, uh, I just, I'm not happy with my life. And you know, what you're supposed to say is, Hey, if you prayed about it, like what's God's word saying? And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think there's, there's a place for that too. But what I really wanted to say is like, dude, the reason you feel like trash is because you eat like junk. You don't move your body. You don't sleep. Like there's nothing to pray about. Like just change your actions. <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, I oversimplify that. But, you know, there's a lot of me that I just wanted to have that conversation with people. just like, let's just be real. Like I'm going to pray for you too. But in the Bible, I read it says faith without works is dead. So you can believe all you want. But if you don't do anything about it, nothing's going to change. Um. Uh, and so I got to this place of like, Hey, there's more than I want to do. I want to make more money. I want to make an impact on a different way. And then also like, I want to be able to build something because the place I was at in the church I was not the head pastor, I was uh, a campus worship pastor and, you know, executive pastor over music. And I, you know, got, got to oversee kind of the production side of things, but there was really no trajectory of growth. It wasn't like I'm, trying to build the church to a bigger level, or I'm going to go start my own and have any desire for that. So it was kind of like, you just keep this thing healthy and keep it going. It's doing a good job, Cole. And I'm like, but I want to build something else. They're like, no, you just keep it healthy. And so I got to this place. I'm like, you know what? I want to go do something different. Um, so stepped out of the church, uh, as a occupation and I still, you know, very heavily involved in my church. and I see what I do now as a ministry, which is really cool. But, um, went back and got my master's in business. And while I was doing that, started this health company and now we've been able to serve thousands of people. And it's kind of been a, a wild ride to where I get to talk about all the stuff that I care about, which is growth in every area of your life, starting with you as a person and your health. Um, but it actually gives me more access to serve people in their faith or, you know, whatever uh, areas they want to grow in now too, just because I've built these relationships. So it's kind of the journey to get to here.
0: Yeah, that's cool. So, <clears throat> You're living, living life as a pastor. Right. And then you say, you know what, this is great. This is, this is part of like your fabric, right? This is like how you grew up, but you just had this calling for kind of being able to, to, to grow something. Right. And, uh, and so was your passion always in health and fitness
1: you know, I, I've always had a, a strong passion for it, and there's a reason why I was drawn to that. Um, uh, just take a step back. I've I've had a passion for a lot of things, though. Like I love music. Like I, you know, a lot of what I did at the church was I wrote and recorded and sang songs. And oh, that's killer! Uh, I got to do that, and you know, I still get to do that some, and it's you know something I enjoy a lot. Um, you know, I, I I love building business too. Like I like just the idea of finding something and then building it into something bigger. Um, that, that was what was cool about songwriting too, is like just starting with this little idea and then I could cultivate it into something cool. Um, and so I like starting and creating things. Um, but, the health to me has always had just like a really special place that kind of a more than the others. Like, I, you know, I've always loved business and money and, all, you know, sports and all these things, but health specifically for a couple of reasons. One is just the sports background is like, that was just a big part of my life is, yeah. you know, you eat, breathe and sleep your craft, which is, <laughs> I got to take care of my body. Otherwise it doesn't perform. And so you, uh, whether it's from coaches or nutritionists you have on the team or just your own research is what can I do with my nutrition and my sleep and my recovery and my training to just better myself? And you know a lot about that, probably, you know, even more on the the athletic side than I do because you went further than I did. Uh, But I, you know, I fell in love with it on that because it's a big part of my life. But, you know, a lot of my story too is I've lost every single one of my family members, except one from health related complications. Um, And so for me, Health is something that's caused major like tidal waves in my life and pain and grief and suffering. Um, And it's something that is, you know, a major focus for me. So there's passion for it on the good side of like, I love the sports and I love, you know, shaping your body, but then also I've gone through a ton of pain because of others not taking care of their health. You know, I lost my dad, have a heart attack. His dad passed of a heart attack. His brother passed of a heart attack. All the men on my mom, mom's side of the family as well, passed of heart failure uh, or had a heart attack, at least if, if that wasn't the thing that killed them, My mom passed away at a young age too. And so I have one uncle left is the only blood relative that I, I know, wow. um, all because of some sort of health complication, most of them cardiovascular disease. And so for me, it's it's not just a passion from like, oh, I love health and it's cool to have abs and biceps and I like performance, but it's also driven by pain of, and I don't want to put my family through what I've gone through. Uh, I don't want my kids to go through that. I don't want others to go through that either. And I want to be able to use my story and my passion and my you know giftings that I've been given uh, to communicate and to cast vision about health and this knowledge that I have to stop others from going through that pain too. And so that's kind of why health has really stood out above the others is- know, one from the, the sports background, it was kind of my life, but two, it just, that was really what shaped me as a man. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's huge. I, I think we're, we're in a great time in history too, as health being more of the focal point and, yeah. uh, you see it with, you know, all of the gyms that there are all of the, the fitness and health programs. Do you feel like that's, that was also kind of a, a, a shift in focus that helped you kind of go that direction too
1: yeah i think it it was kind of a perfect storm Um, you know to give a little context i as i was still working in the church i learned a lot of this as kind of like a part-time side thing to supplement the thirty thousand dollars as i i you know i got certified as a personal trainer and started kind of coaching people i started doing sales and coaching for another online fitness company and i learned like man there's a lot of impact being made just in a virtual capacity of people that like, I don't have, would never have to go like train in a gym and actually they're getting better results because we're focusing on nutrition. And so I kind of, this started really settling in on me. Maybe there's a way that I could make an impact in other ways. And I started to do that. And then what happened is when 2020 hit with COVID and all the gyms shutting down, that's right. When I pivoted from working for other people and I was going back to get my master's and I started myself and it was like this wide open time of all gyms are shut down. The only place you can get coaching is virtual. And I, I like launched my business at the perfect time and things like just took off because everyone's looking for something at that point. So it definitely the the timing was definitely there of, you know, people are passionate about health, but then there's also no, no options. Yeah. That's cool.
0: So one, one of the things that, you know, how we met was actually at a real estate event yep. and it was like a closed room, uh, you know, mastermind at a mansion mastermind type of deal and uh you know instantly i was like this dude's cool uh <laughs> you know this guy's got some great energy uh testosterone is flowing through that body you know <laughs> i'm like uh, this is an athlete right here i i know i know an athlete when i see one uh always like to be around athletes so uh what 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 made you find real estate and now I see you at a lot of different real estate events, yeah. you know, speaking on stage, um, sure. you know, networking and, and masterminding with people. As part of your strategy, how did you wind up around the yeah. real estate space?
1: Uh huh. I think some of it was intentional. Some of it was honestly just you stumble into it. Um, first off, I my adopted family, you know, I don't really ever look at it like that. Like my adopted mom and sisters and, and brothers-in-law, like, Uh, I see them the same way as I would blood. Like it doesn't even register in my brain that they're not my actual like blood relatives, but my, uh, what would be my adoptive mom? But my mom, she was in real estate all growing up. My grandpa, uh, my actual biological grandpa who ended up passing away, but he had run a real estate, uh, not investment, but realtor brokerage. And then my mom, you know, ended up, Taking it over as he passed, and then my sister was a realtor as well. And so, hmm. although not in the investing space, like that language is just around a lot. And yeah. you know, she actually fixed and flipped a bunch of houses too, just kind of on the side. Um, and so, you know, I kind of you know, subconsciously had that in my you know back pocket of understanding of just you know seeing it growing up and understanding the language. And so, I think that was a little bit there of a programming, as I just understand how to speak that a little bit. Um, you know, at least the generic language. Um, so that was there, but then also as I was getting started with this health coaching business, the type of coaching that we do is very hands-on. It's very, you know, not just like get abs and biceps, but it's performance and longevity. And even really into biohacking with all the testing that we do and the doctors that we use. And that lends itself more to a entrepreneur type person, someone that's willing to see their health as an ROI. Like, Hey, if I put money into this machine and I could perform better, that's actually a business investment or an investment into my life getting better rather than, you know, some people just can't afford to make that investment uh, no. or don't have that focus or that mentality. And so as we were getting started, um, you know, entrepreneurs and, you know, high level professionals kind of became the people that were drawn most to that style of coaching and the people I got originally connected to ran some big real estate masterminds. And uh, one of the first guys that I helped whenever we started this model of our business ran uh, an event called uh, Think Realty. He ran another one called American Association of Private Lenders. And then a bunch of other masterminds he was connected with and he got incredible results. And was like, Cole, let me connect you with all these guys. I love what you're doing. Um, and so that's how I got connected to like Gary Harper from him. And I got connected to Eric Brewer from, you know, those guys. And so it really kind of snowballed is like helped one guy who is all very connected in real estate and he has a big portfolio as well. Uh, and then it kind of just snowballed from there. It's like, Hey, maybe we just kind of lean into this thing. Cause it's working pretty well. So we got a pretty, pretty high percentage of investors that are in our crew.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. Now, do you, do you, I know you work with, um, people all over the nation, all sorts of different backgrounds. I know I've seen a lot of your like before and after photos and transformations and stuff like that. And it's, it's people of all walks of different life. Um, who do you feel is the, the normal person that comes to you? Is it, is it all over the, the, the spectrum or is it a certain type of person that that seeks out help or?
1: Yeah. So, you know, we, I'll give you who, who we kind of focus on. We do help a lot of different types of people because we have multiple different types of product offerings. You know, there's front end offers that are very inexpensive, that really, you know, a $25 thing. That's a you know monthly subscription that most anybody can afford. Like that lends itself to anybody and everybody would get help. We don't market that as much. That's just more of kind of a click and buy on our site. Um, the types of people that we're trying to get in front of are, and it's what really end up as, as being a majority of our community are entrepreneurs and executives that, you know, are traveling a good amount or life is just super busy. And so time is short, but their ability to make an impact on the world around them is very high. And so they want to leverage someone else to do stuff for them. Uh, I say that in that, like, we have a concierge service that really handles most of everything for our clients. Like we send them the food, send them the supplements, you know, book all their testing. We tell them really exactly what to do and send it for them. Uh, And so that lends itself to someone that's, you know, very short on time but high leverage activities. And so we we really target entrepreneurs. I would say majority of our audience is males just because me and my business partner are both men and uh you know having that masculine drive it kind of lends itself to that. But we also have, you know, a bunch of spouses that that come along. And so there's maybe 25% of our community is women. But I would say if I had to nail it down, it's usually like 45 to 55 man Uh, that runs a business, that travels consistently, but is also married with kids would be like our kind of target avatar. However, we have, you know, we've helped thousands of people. And so it's, it's, you know, it's not always within that bucket, but that's kind of where our marketing language goes. Yeah.
0: Makes sense. So I'm curious then, as you're working with a lot of the the high level business entrepreneurs, executives, uh, how much does that, Business success and their health correlate with one another. How how do those line up? Yeah. What do you what do you see from your perspective?
1: Yeah, I, I see it a lot. I think there's a, a a ton of different ways that you can look at it. Um, one is that you're the foundation of your business and this is a big message that i preach and so as business owners like we are the the foundation or it like our business holds a mirror up to us if we're healthy if we're consistent if we're you know doing what we need to do the business reflects that like the business becomes healthy be- the business becomes more consistent like if we get shiny optics syndrome and try 47 things the business will reflect that the same thing And if we're leading our teams if i show up with you know clarity and strong vision and you know i lead well the the business grows and so it's like i'm kind of the catalyst of of what this business is and so if i'm not healthy and i'm not consistent then my business will not be that and so I, you know people try to put these health and and business in different buckets but i think they're all like one and the same it's like your body can be a weapon for you for business or it can be an anchor that i have to drag along to still get things accomplished despite that and so that's the biggest thing we see is you know really showing the guys that we work with that, Hey, your body can actually be a tool. If you have more energy, you have more mental clarity, this actually will allow you to grow your business instead of holding you back. Uh, But I also believe like the discipline that you put in your body will translate into that. I don't fully believe how you do. One thing is how you do everything. I think there's some caveats to that, but I think all of those things bleed together. And if I'm consistent in one area, it usually lends itself to consistency in the others. But if I'm half-assing really my health, there's layers of my commitment that will bleed over into that other area as well. And so I, I think it all translates and it all like you, you can't live life in silos, everything coordinates together. And so if I can show it for myself more, the business tends to grow.
0: I'm curious. What, what are your thoughts on the, the fat successful entrepreneur? The one who's just got the beer belly, yeah. right? It's pudging out. They they're the ones that make all the standard extra large or large shirts yeah. Make look like flags whenever I try them on at Macy's or or Nordstrom's. I'm like, yeah. why is there so much like, extra fabric this? in the waist? What? Is, who is this for? You
1: know? Yeah. Well, so I think that like, so often. You know, I, I'm different in that. um, You know, a lot of fitness guys are extremely judgmental towards that, where it's like, man, you just have zero discipline, and you like, you know, can't stay consistent. Like, I don't think that's truly the case. I just don't think they see the value or the importance in it. I don't think that it's like by by any means a requirement for you to be in shape to make great money and run a great business and be a great leader like that's not the case at all i think there's definitely correlations i think people judge you based off of your personal appearance like i have a hard time trusting people that are extremely overweight with financial decisions or coaching me or doing deals not because they're not an amazing person or just there's a layer of lack of discipline or consistency in an area of their life And I don't want that to bleed over into what we're doing. And I just, there's a a subconscious hesitation there. And I think that's the case for a lot of people because 80 something percent of communication is nonverbal. And so the, you know, the way that I look at guys like that, and we've coached a lot of them, they've changed their life is that to me, they're leaving a lot on the table. Like I look at it as like, you have all this success despite your body, instead of what could be possible if you were the healthiest, best (laughs) version of you, like you're leaving a lot on the table. Um, But also like your longevity is going to be very short lived. Like how long are you going to be able to run this business? Because you know, every couple percentage of body fat you gain, like health issues dramatically increase. And so I just look at those guys like that. I'm like, man, you're missing out on a lot. You could be doing a lot more. And two, like I, I want to make sure you're around a long time. So you need to f- fix this, but three, like just, there's a confidence level that you carry when you're in shape. That I'm like, dude, if you, if you knew what it was like to be in great shape, like, and this is all the success that you've already found, like, can you imagine what would it look like if you walked into the, the room with your shoulders back and head held high and like not doing this like shirt, pull, you know, the jacket pull over your stomach cause you're a little insecure, or constantly pulling the shirt off of your stomach, Like that subconsciously plays into how you communicate and how you carry yourself. So I think they are just leaving a lot on the table and there's, there's so much more for them.
0: Yeah. I, lo- I love that perspective. It, it's not uh it's not the the thing that you must have to be successful, no. but if you can mm-hmm. get that as a focus and you can be disciplined around it, it can it can help and
1: benefit sure. uh, your business? So I love that, and it'll affect you long term. Like that's the biggest thing too. Is like how long do you want to run this race? Like you can have success like crazy right now, but. Who knows how, when this, this train comes crashing down with some sort of health complication. Like I want to make sure this is like, I don't just win once and have a a good month or a good year. Like I want to build a dynasty in my life in every area. And that requires longevity too.
0: You said it right there, man. Honestly, that is my biggest driver. That is like one of my foundational things as to why I choose to eat healthy, why I choose not to drink, why I choose, like, I'm not saying there's wrong or someone's better than another person for me, my my focus and my mission, my goal is to live as long as I possibly can. And during that time, be as healthy as possible. You know, one of, one of my best friends, he's like, I'm here for a good time, not a long time. You know, <laughs> like that's one of his things. And I'm like, oh, I hate dude, it. <laughs> you're, the, you're my best friend, but it's the exact opposite of the way I'm thinking. I'm here for a long time. And I want it to be a great time the whole time,
1: you know? 100%. Well, I I think of this too as like, and some of this was just the athletic part of me is like, I was never the freak athlete. Like I was a great athlete in, you know, college or high school, I was, you know, the best athlete on the field. College is a different story. Like I found success because I was the guy that was, the most consistent, the hardest yeah. worker, the one that showed up. Like I was not like, I'm a five eleven white dude. Like I'm not going to out athlete these dudes that are just freaks that run four fours and are six five. Like it just, that wasn't, uh, the, to me, like I look at my whole life like that. I'm not going to win because I'm the best or I'm the smartest or I'm the fastest. Like I will win. Cause I will not quit. I'm going to show up longer than everybody else. Uh, and so like for that to be the case, if I'm, I quit, like I've got to be around for this journey a long time and just outlast everybody and show up more consistent as them for that to work. My body's got to be an, a tool for me, a weapon, not something that, you know, gets in the way of that. Yeah.
0: No question. That's, that's me to a team too, man. I think, uh, people miss the, the, the opportunity for themselves to be at their peak performance and they're, they're, they're waking up sluggish and tired, you know, they're
1: feeling unmotivated, they're brain feeling fog. uninspired brain fog um three cat you know three energy drinks a day <laughs> yes dude
0: hey preach wow. that i honestly was not prepared to bring that to the conversation but now that we're talking <laughs> about it my goodness uh dude. i i won't touch an energy drink and yeah. as a matter of fact um i grew up from the age of 8 until not long after about a year after I was done playing in the NFL, I stopped taking Adderall. Um, I grew up taking Adderall. I was, I was ADHD. I, you know, couldn't focus, uh, my, I had no, um, you know, satiation when I would eat unless I was taking Adderall. Uh, that's a whole nother conversation as to whether that's a good thing or not a good thing. In that season of my life, I will say I felt like it was good for me because it helped me feel normal and stay focused. But once I got off of it, I was like, I don't want to touch another thing ever again. So I won't even take ibuprofen. I won't Mm. touch coffee. um, I won't touch energy drinks, anything that makes makes me feel different. So um, what are your thoughts on energy drinks?
1: You know, I... (laughs) I think they're terrible for you. I think there's some that are coming out that they are a little bit more natural and a little more, you know, vitamin and natural energy based, like with B vitamins and you know, like green tea instead of this these crazy chemicals. Um I'm not also the guy that preaches perfection in every area of your health, though. Like in a perfect world, we would all grow our own food. It would all be farm raised, we would cook it like we would never eat chemicals. With our society now, that's that's not reality energy drinks or soda and stuff like that the same as like is it good for you no is it something that i'm never going to drink or say you should never drink maybe not um and so I, i i try to kind of just say that in moderation like if you if you really need it, sure. But if we're finding ourselves doing this consistently, like we, we gotta change some lifestyle factors that got like I get it if like, hey, I just got terrible sleep last night and I need some caffeine to, to get me going. Like sure. But if this is like every day I need I need some caffeine to get me going, then we have a problem here. Um uh, I don't really drink the only caffeine I drink consistently is I have a, a pre-workout that our you know company makes that i take before my workout and outside of that i'm good for the rest of the day uh because i like it more for less about the caffeine and more about the you know the vitamins and the you know the citrulline malate that allows you to pump more and some of the blood flow stuff but i think people that you know most of our clients and this used to be me too that are using you know three cups of coffee a day an energy drink or two and a pre-workout like we're we're becoming very reliant on a chemical and not allowing our body to function the way it should and I've been yeah. there. So I'm not saying that at a judgment place. It's just, it's not a healthy place. Like your adrenals are shut down. Like my business partner is literally going through an adrenal, um like reboots right now because of too many energy supplements <laughs> over the years. Yeah. And so yeah. our doctors are having to like get him off all caffeine and give him some vitamins and supplements and a sleep routine and cortisol support to get him like his body to produce energy in the way it should. Like you're, you're damaging yourself when you start to rely on that stuff. It's wild. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I won't say I had a lot of foresight or education in it, but there was something subconsciously that told me mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. not get started with caffeine and all these things. Sure. Cause I, because I knew I had the, the addictive type of personality yeah. that would become reliant. Like, you know, I would have to have a certain type of coffee every day. Like I knew I was going to be that guy. So I was like, yeah, I'm not going to sure. even go down sure. this yeah. rabbit hole, you know? Uh,
1: Gonna- yeah, I'm the same way as I've, you know, I've actually been down that path Is like same day, every time I'm drinking this energy drink and I'm, you know, fortunately I've gotten to a place where I, I've stopped that and I've realized how much better I feel now that I'm on the other side. Um, but I, it's a tendency for all of us that are driven entrepreneurs that, you know, either thrive on routines or mm-hmm. look for an edge all the time is mm-hmm. when you feel that kick of a caffeine or the Adderall, uh, it's a, it's an addictive thing of like, man, I perform so much better right now. But over time, like there's a, there's a negative crash to that. Yeah, absolutely. So good good on you for not going down that path. I've gone and had to recover. I'm recover, a recovering caffeine addict.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Um, So let's, let's get into some juicy stuff here. So for me, this is the part I'm, I'm excited about. I know people are going to be really interested about is trying to like decode and hack. How do I get? super jacked and look sexy naked, you know, cause I gotta say, I gotta say when we first met, you were in shape as time's gone by in a short period yeah. of time, you you've gotten shredded out of your mind. So, oh. <laughs> um, the, the, the people watching this on video, they're just, they're maybe missing out. I don't know if they're lucky or missing out. I'm going to say they're missing out that you got your shirt on right now, you know, cause otherwise it'd just be, you know, sh- Veins we popping should, out everywhere. We, we, can ha-
1: we can have the editors go throw the little the transformation <laughs> picture up there, the shirtless picture. <laughs> there we go.
0: Yeah, well, I actually should. I should put a message <laughs> into my guys. Um, so let's let's talk through that. Um, I want to talk about first what are what are the most important things for people to get results.
1: Yep. Let Let's start and take a step back first before I get practical, I think this is the most important thing that people need to understand if they're going to get not just results once, like I said earlier, like this has got to be a dynasty, but lasting results. Cause here's the problem. Most people can gain and lose the 20 pounds over and over again. Like we've, we've seen this over and over of, you know, the people that are the, you know, the pendulum of how I lost it. And then now I gained it back and I lost it. And the problem with that is if, and it's why I'm hesitant to dive straight into tactical first is if I just give a, a strategy, of here's how many calories you eat and here, you know, go, go work out, but you don't actually become a different person, then it's not going to matter. Uh, I'm a firm believer that our identity shapes, our actions, or our beliefs shape behaviors. You do what you do because of what you think of you. So if I don't change this internal piece and start to believe something different about myself, then it doesn't matter what program you have. If you do 75 hard or whatever, you'll get to the end of it. And you're like, oh man, I can, I can go back to normal now. And that's why people gain it back is because they never actually internally changed. And so Mm -hmm. the biggest advice I can get to anyone over any practical thing is say, how how do I just be a healthy person? Then the actions will just follow. Because if I see myself or I believe, or I want to be a healthy person, then I just, every decision I make is a vote towards that person. And it's a lens that I think through of, Hey man, like if I'm healthy, I probably should just eat something that feeds my body. And so even if it's not the perfect thing, you're going to choose something that's not greasy and nasty and sugary. Like your body kind of tells you a natural like, man, this thing looks a little healthier. That's one step towards that direction. Or hey, if I'm a healthy person, I probably should move my body or I should probably get good sleep or I should drink water. Like everyone knows the general basics of that is eat good food, you know, rest your body, drink water, um try to try to move. And that those can easily be changed if you decide to become a different person. So that's the first thing I always recommend is like, before you try to start a program is ask yourself, like, how do I shift this internal thing and say, I'm a healthy person. This is who I am. Like, I got to visualize that. I got to speak it, whatever you got to do to get your mind in that area. There's a lot of things I could talk about and kind of reframing that identity. But if that identity doesn't change, the actions will never follow because that'll always be the thermostat. So that's the first. But then Mm -hmm. the real key for people to getting like, if we're just talking physical, like abs and biceps, not getting into kind of a lot of the performance and longevity stuff that we talk a lot, like it's a hundred percent meals and movements. Like those are the only two like real factors that, that truly matter, you know, over a short-term result is what am I putting in my body? How many calories and what breaks up those calories like protein, carbs, and fats, and then how much am I moving my body? And those will be like a balance of the two of when I, those integrate right at the certain numbers for your body type, then you'll get the results you want. I could break down like how to do the math for that. But if people can just dial in consistency, even over like a 90 day period, if you can be consistent with the right calorie and protein level and the right amount of workouts for 90 days, you'll look like a different person. Like you you saw my my transformation over like a year period. Obviously that was with a lot more in-depth testing and there's a lot of stuff that I can accelerate that stuff. But a majority of the progress was just for me eating the right foods for my body, the right calorie intake, and then training consistently. So that's, to me, those are the biggest foundations is fixing the identity or the mindset piece. If you want to use, like we have uh, four Ms that we use for our program is the mindset piece. Like let's, let's reframe this identity. Then it's meals and movement is let's figure out what I'm putting in my body and then how to move consistently. And if you want to really accelerate that, we have what we call maximizers, which the testing can kind of tell you exactly what you need to skip through all the guessing and just tell you exactly what your body needs. Um, but I think it's not as complicated as people think if we're just talking abs and biceps. It's like just, just eat the right amount of calories and protein. Work out consistently. Your body's going to change pretty rapidly.
0: So you say abs and biceps. It makes me now think. What are the most important body parts to work on to make you look super jacked and
1: sexy? I think it depends on who you ask. Um, you know, a lot of the 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 thing you looked at is like jacked is really a proportional thing. And so, you know, I'm not a bodybuilder. My, my business partner is definitely much more knowledgeable in that world. But a lot of what they preach is proportions. And if like you can get your shoulders broad and your waist small, like you look, you look huge because of those proportional sizes. Um, and so, you know, broad shoulders and a big back and a big chest, like that kind of upper area is really what makes guys look big. If we're talking about gaining size and then, you know, decreasing body fat. So your, your midsection looks smaller. Um, you know, I personally just love arms, um, just genetically I've have bigger arms than anything else. And so, uh, that's helped me a lot, but I think anything in that like upper range of, of shoulders, chest and back is really what shows size. It makes you look big and jacked in quotes. <laughs> Cause yeah. I've seen guys with small, you know, normal size arms, but have a big chest and shoulders and they still proportionally look huge.
0: Yeah. So I'm curious going, going, you know, a step back before the muscle groups, uh, the body parts is what's, what's more important if you were to weigh, uh, you know, importance levels, if you're, if you're going for the look, if you're wanting to look in shape, is it more important to work out or is it more important what you eat?
1: what you eat is all like no matter what your goal what you eat is going to be the most important unless we're talking some sort of like endurance event or something that really relies on the training specific if we're talking anything like health longevity looking good like your nutrition is 90% of the battle you know i i say that as a caveat like i'm i'm training for a 100 mile race in december and i could eat incredible and still have nowhere near the ability to run 100 miles if i didn't train for it but outside of those types of things, like your diet is a major portion of the battle. And so we, we tell our clients it's 90%, especially looking good. Like I, I know guys that work out, you know, two, three hours a week that look incredible because their nutrition is diet. So it's a hundred more important what you eat those, you know, other 166 hours of the week, other than the two you work out. So <laughs> 168, I think, is the total. So nutrition is 90% of the battle for sure.
0: Okay. So, nutrition is most of the battle. If you eat well and and have minimal exercise, minimal weight training, whatever it is, you can still look in great shape.
1: Yeah, and it's all, you know, it, there, it's not a binary like good or bad. It is obviously, these are spectrums of how good and how bad. Um, the more you train the right way you know, it pushes you further on that spectrum of you look better because building muscle still takes stimulus and your muscle being broken down and rebuilt. Um, but none of that works if you don't have the nutrition. So to me, the nutrition is always the foundation. And then the more proper training and progressive overload, AKA like adding stimulus over time and increasing the stimulus, the more you can have that, the more your body changes, but without the nutrition, nothing doesn't matter how much you train.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, so uh, another thing, if we're going back to the biceps and abs, right, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we got to get back to those. Um, how how much does somebody be training those? Because, you know, there's going to be somebody listening that's like, I just want to look jacked and sexy naked, right? Like, yeah. what what do I need to eat? What exercises sure. do I need to do? How much do I need to do them? Just specifically talking about the exercises, then we'll come back to some of the nutrition. Yeah. How much should somebody be doing those specific exercises?
1: Yeah. So, you know, obviously we're going to go back to the nutrition side, but if you have too much body fat on you, which is very nutrition dependent, then you're not ever going to see your abs. If we're talking about that first, so it wouldn't matter. Like you could train your abs three hours a day, every day, but you would never see them if too much body fat is covering that. Like everybody has a six pack. Every single person in the world has the same same in quotations, abdominal muscles, they look different and the insertions are different. But everybody has the potential to have abs. Even the people that are like, no, I just can't, like I'm big boned. Like, big no, bone. you just it, 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 you know, I was never the guy that had a six pack until I learned all this stuff. Like even when I played football, like I kind of had a flat four pack that was like soft abs. I just didn't know nutrition very well and how to how to do that. Uh, but we, you know, we worked out three hours a day of some sort of fitness at least. Um everyone has them, but if you don't lose the body fat, you'll never be able to see them. So that's the first thing that's important to understand. Abs, I think is a different thing. Like abs you use in almost every single exercise you do, especially if it's a compound movement. So if you are doing some sort of squat, you're using your abs to stabilize. If you're lunging, you're using your abs to stabilize. If you're bench pressing, your core is staying tight, like everything you're doing, if you're pushing heavy weight or moving, uh, in a, you know, a like outside of bicep curls against the wall, that's just one arm, like a one arm movement, Um, like everything else you're using your core. And so that's not something you necessarily have to train as consistently. I do that like once, maybe twice a week uh, where like I'll do targeted Mm -hmm. ab movements, but you got to think about like every time I have a barbell on my back and I'm squatting, like I'm getting strong ab, ab contraction, you know, know, it's something that you're anyways, and I'm much more nutrition reliant. Um, I would say that. So for, other muscle groups and you could throw abs in there's in there too if you really want to shape them and grow them and build them is it's just a volume thing like the more that i can progressively add volume to the training that i'm doing on my biceps the more they'll grow and so you know it's kind of this concept of progressive overload is i had to continue to add um stimulus that breaks the muscle down and then like it basically like i let's say i do 3 sets of 8 today my muscle's break down they heal, they recover, they build back stronger. Well, tomorrow I got to give it a little bit more stimulus to re-break those down at the same level. Uh, Cause it's going to build back stronger. And every time I add that stimulus, I'm breaking it down a little more and it has to build back a little stronger and a stronger muscle becomes a bigger muscle because it has to be ready to take on the stimulus again, I'm just kind of break it down in just like generic terms. And so if I will continue to add that volume of each time I work out, I'm adding just a little bit more weight, like or one more rep, or maybe I slow down a little bit more, I contract a little more, like something that adds more stimulus over time, the muscle will continue to grow if it has the nutritional fuel, if that makes sense. And so- The key to, you know, building your muscles outside of the nutrition side is continuing to add volume and extra resistance to those muscles. And so, you know, again, it could be one extra rep the next time, could be one more set, could be a little bit longer time, like you go slower, could be, you know, a pause, something that adds extra stimulus each time I do that, that, my muscles will grow as an adaptation
0: is there any strategy that su- is, is suggested to work better? Cause I, as I'm hearing you there, I'm like, okay, so does that mean I should go do higher and more reps, like more volume or should I try to lift, you know, more weight? Which one do I choose? You know? Sure.
1: Yeah. So there's, you know, we could talk hours about like periodization like, you know concept of structuring your your training programs around a specific goal and around growth and you know there needs to be time of uh of rest and deload but also times that you you know max effort like there's a whole process and people have different methodologies but from kind of the simplest form i think the First off, I always want to choose something I can stay consistent with. And so that's, that's kind of easy. First answer is, you know, do something that you can be consistent with. Don't worry as much about the perfection of the workout, but second, the optimal range for muscle growth is typically like an eight to 15 range. Um, you could really say eight to 12 is kind of the hypertrophy in quotations range, which is muscle growth below eight. You're getting more into strength, um, you know, power lifters, you know, athletic performance. That's more of an actual output versus a body composition thing. If you're going above 15, like the 15 to 20 plus, that's more muscular endurance. Uh, it's a different type of muscle fiber where it's, it's not looking to grow and get thicker. It's getting to like be able to do over and over again and like build an endurance structure. So just different types of muscle fibers. So the, 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 the concept of hypertrophy or muscle growth is typically spoken in that like eight to 12 range. Mm. And so most of the time, like when I'm doing bodybuilding style training, currently I'm in more of like an athletic performance because I'm training for these runs. But if I'm focusing on shaping my body, usually most of my sets are in between that eight to 12 range. And so uh, I will look to do, you know, that, you know, somewhere between eight to 12. And then the next week, I'm going to try to push it a little further. I'm going to try to either get an, like either write down what I had last week and try to get another rep next time, or I'm going to add a little bit of weight and go next time. But that's typically the range that I stay most in, but there's value into adding strength. There's value into adding some endurance or, you know, ending your last set is like a drop set and doing, you know, 20 to 30 reps or more just to force a bunch of blood in there. But in generalization, usually 8 to 12 is kind of the good range you're looking for. And then just slowly add weight each time. Okay.
0: No, that's super helpful. That's kind of like, that's kind of the answer I was hoping for is Uh to understand like, it's not necessarily the weight. It's about the number of sets and the resistance you're getting through that, Uh right? And um, Totally. And then as
1: it gets easier, then you start to add more weight, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the the interesting part about this too, that I had to switch. And I think you'll understand this as a, an athlete is athletes try to make a heavyweight feel light. Meaning like I have this barbell that I'm trying to deadlift or clean or, you know, whatever the exercise is. And my goal is to lift as much weight and make it feel as light as possible. Like I, I don't want it to feel hard. Like, I'm not going to try to, like, I'm not doing this deadlift to grow my glutes. I'm doing it to be explosive and try to get as much weight as possible. Like, that's kind of the mentality where a bodybuilder or someone, a normal you and me, that's just trying to not perform for an event anymore. It's just to shape our body. Instead of wanting a heavy weight to feel light, we want a light weight to feel heavy. What I mean by that is, it doesn't matter how much weight I'm doing necessarily. It's how the muscle responds to that tension. And so I actually encourage people to do way less weight and try to make it harder. What that means, like one, that's just easier on your body because you're not setting yourself up for injuries and in your joints and stuff. But yeah. instead of me doing like curls with fifties, which I can do, like get a 20, like, you know, I have guys that are even curls with 15s and I'm like, look at my arms and look at your arms. Like there's something we're doing right. You know, it's not about the heavy weight, but like getting to where it's like perfect form, slow control. And then there's a thing called mind muscle connection of like focusing on the muscle you're working and squeezing. That's that's making a lightweight feel heavy as I'm really pausing and squeezing and flexing the muscle as I'm lifting it versus just like doing the the, the heavy weight as fast as I can. Like that's where muscle growth really happens. It doesn't, your, your body doesn't actually know how much weight you're holding. It knows the tension on the muscle. And so if I can, get the muscle to contract harder, it's going to treat it the same as if I had heavier weight being contracted less, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so it's not just increasing weight. It's how can I make this exercise I'm doing fully contract my muscle fibers in a way that like, I, I feel the flex, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. No, that's, that's super helpful. Um, I've, I've heard these kind of things re- getting them reinforced, getting reminded. Sure. Those are, those are helpful for me so i know people listen to this that that'll be good um now something that people y- you you kind of touched on this a lot of people will yo-yo in their weight yep. right P- you people have probably heard the term yo-yo uh with their weight how does somebody make sure that they stay consistent or that they're going to have lasting results. How, yeah. how can someone make sure that they get lasting results?
1: Yeah, I think it's the you know the first thing I mentioned before of really focusing internal before you focus on a program. How do I shift my identity so I can make my program a byproduct of that, or the actions I take as a byproduct of? Hey, I don't just want a twenty pound weight loss. I want to be a healthy person. I don't want to just you know, lose some fat. I want to be an athlete. Like there's, there's an identity that comes along with that. And I think that's the first piece. But second is actually setting yourself up in a sustainable way of, Hey, if I'm going to start doing this, let's set a standard instead of just a goal. Like I want to set like, here's what I do on a daily basis as a reflection of being a healthy person. Here's what I do. Most people just say like, Hey, I want to lose 20 pounds and here's how I get there. I'm going to eat this many calories and I'm going to work out X, Y, Z number of times, but they're not setting themselves up for long-term success. Like 75 hard is a great example. You can lose weight really fast at 75 hard because you're not eating a cheat meal. You're working out twice a day. Like you're dialed in, but will you keep doing that for the rest of your life? No. So what do you think is going to happen whenever you stop doing that? You're going to gain it back. Like you're not going to be able to maintain that. Same thing with keto. It's like, are you going to cut out carbs for the rest of your life? No, you're not. Of course. So what do you think is going to happen when you start eating carbs again? You're going to gain the weight back. And so to me, it's like outside of the identity change and setting standards is like practically thinking the way I get the weight off is the way I have to keep it off. And so you need to figure out a way that's actually sustainable for you instead of all out sprinting, change the the long-term objective instead of like, I'm reaching a finish line to, I just have a direction I'm moving and this is just who I am now. And that's where the magic happens is like sustainable program that I can just do for the rest of my life. Instead of all out sprint, quit all out sprint, quit.
0: Do you think that it's achievable to to eat the right type of food, the right type of calories and everything like that over a long period of time? Like, Are there certain types of food or meal plans or whatever it is that will actually allow you to, to achieve that because- yeah. I know that there's all these different, like you were just saying, there's all these different diets. There's all these different yeah, strategies. Carnivore and 75 hard. Yeah, there's yeah. so many.
1: Yeah. So honestly, the like outside of the testing that we do that allows us to get very specific of types of foods and deficiencies people have and how we can fix a lot of that stuff, most of our methodology is very balanced, like unique to be eating carbs. Like that's a natural energy source for your body. That's designed to allow it to have the, the fuel. It needs to function. Like you need good fats. That's what, you know, make sure you stay healthy in a lot of ways. It balances your hormones. It, you make sure your eyes work properly. Like it it makes sure you're nice and lubricated to work protein. Like that's what builds your muscles. Like you're, we need the balance of all of that stuff. And so when people ask like, well, how do I like find a sustainable diet that actually gets me progress? It's like, it's finding a way to not be super strict, but just fit within a budget is essentially it. Like how do I just eat foods that are still good and, you know, overall semi-healthy, but within a budget that still allows me to have some balance. You know, people often say the 80, 20 rule is like 80% really clean, 20% enjoyable. I think that's a decent like strategy for most people. Um, But when you start to recognize that it's not all about perfection, it's about just eating a certain quantity of foods and a certain type of foods then it, you know, it no longer becomes this like, I can never eat carbs again. It's like, no, you just need to eat a certain amount of carbs. And it's probably better to eat certain types because they're better for your body or, Oh, I have to eat so I can't eat. Uh, no, like you, you should be eating other things besides meat. Like you need vegetables, you need micronutrients. Um, and so I think really showing people that there's a sustainable way that really comes down to just balance more than anything. It doesn't have to be super strict because really, if you think about like, I would rather lose one pound a week you know, if I, especially I'm a over like a really overweight person that lose, let's say I have to lose 50 pounds. I would rather really lose a pound a week over a period of a year and then just keep it off to, by just barely changing and upping my calories a little bit at the end of that. Then someone that loses 50 pounds over two months because I was starving myself. And then now I'm like, well, how do I keep this off? I had to do it totally different. So in my opinion, it's a, it's a balance and a consistency thing that you're setting up. It doesn't have to be an all out sprint. Yeah, no, I, I,
0: if, if people want to have lasting results, that's what you got to do. You got to figure out what you can do over a longer period of time and not just, uh, not just for two and a half months, you know?
1: No. Yeah. So. It's building. It's not This is not me like program and setting a finish line of in 90 days, I'm going to lose this much weight. That's good. That's good for direction and motivation. But the standard is what changed things. It's like, I'm a healthy person that I move my body consistently and I eat good, healthy food. I drink water. Sleep. That's just who I am. If I can set those standards, then it, it like that ninety days comes and it wasn't a finish line; it was just a checkpoint. I'm like, sick. I'm still moving in this direction instead of most people. It's like, awesome. I hit my goal. I'm gonna relax now and go eat some pizza.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> gonna go crush this whole box <laughs> and, of pizza now.
1: And that's why they gained the twenty pounds back in three weeks when they lost it in two and a half months. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: how how do hormones play into the whole picture? Because I hear I hear a lot about. Oh, my hormones are out of whack or I can't do it because my hormones, like how do hormones play into this whole thing
1: there? So to me, it's one of the two levers. Um, you can get incredible results just by focusing on meals and movements. However, that's only one of the levers. There's the external, of like, here's the actions I'm taking. The meals and movement is what I put in my body and how I move. But then there's also how's my body actually functioning And hormones directly determine like the actual processes of your body. For example, like your metabolism. If your hormones are out of whack, multiple of them, like let's say cortisol. If your cortisol is high, your metabolism immediately gets suppressed and goes down. You don't burn as many calories on a daily basis. And so I can still get results just eating less. However, I'm going to have to eat even more, (laughs) even less, less and starve myself if my cortisol is high because my metabolism isn't working. And so they're both levers to pull. I'm a big fan of like, Hey, how about you just fix the internal? So you don't have to make it so hard on yourself. That's why we preach testing so much. Uh, but it's also like a longevity piece and there's a lot more health markers, but hormones, you know, in a general sense are the internal functions that, you know, determine if your body's working properly. Um, you know, like cortisol is a great example of stress, but you know, your testosterone, your estrogen, your, you know, your blood sugar levels or your insulin resistance, like all of those, A1C, all of those are certain levels, you know, specifically your thyroid too affect your metabolism, that all individual markers have a major effect on how your body processes food, how it burns calories, its energy output. Um, so if you don't have those fixed, it's really hard to lose weight. Is it possible? Yeah. You just have to eat way less than you want to. Um, but it's way easier to me to fix the internal than it is to just eat less and move more forever. Yeah makes
0: perfect sense um so a couple things i kind of want to end with here which is uh how how much do clothes play into effect of how you look um all that kind of stuff are you are you like do you guys have that as part of your program you're like you need to wear these type of clothes so you get the perfect look is that a thing
1: I, I I mean I'm I grew up with you know all, all sisters and so style's always been a, a thing that I've been passionate about. I've never thought about talking to our clients about that by any means. I think it's a great question. Your, the clothes you do wear, though, honestly, the fit of how you wear your clothes totally display a different look on your body. Like you, I've seen guys that are in incredible shape that look like derps because their shirt is like two sizes too big or just lays wrong. And I'm like, dude, if like, you know, you see them without a shirt or you see them with like a workout shirt. I'm like, Oh my gosh, you're jacked. What, where has that been hiding? Like, you no. know, it can do you, do you um, <laughs> a disservice? I've also seen guys that are in great shape that uh, are in terrible shape that look good because of the way their, their shirts fit. Like, you know, times when I've been thicker in life too, you know, kind of like the first time you met me, uh, that was one of my thicker stages, uh, you know, 20 pounds heavier than I was like still working out consistently, just diet was a little off, off the wagon. Um, I, you know, I typically wore shirts that like fitted up top, but like looser and baggier down at the bottom. And so you never could see that. Like I carried something my belly is all the gray. And so I, I think clothes are super important. Um, but it also to me, style says something about you. So I, I could talk a lot about that as well. Uh, but good fitting stuff, man. It just makes you feel good, makes you look good, makes you carry yourself different. Big fan. Yep. Okay. Um, I start ordering, ordering our clients' clothes though, and just sending them some. There we, <laughs> we go. Starting client swag, but we need, we need to get them a whole wardrobe now.
0: Yeah. Uh, w- What are your thoughts on things like cold plunges, saunas, coffee enemas, all these different type of things? Uh, and how they play into your health
1: oh, God, yeah, it was. i know uh, that's i know it's part
0: of your morning routine so i was just curious about I, it yeah,
1: what's the uh the you, liver king like Sunning your butthole or something like that, like tan your butt. Like, a, there's some wild stuff. <laughs> I, haven't heard,
0: I haven't heard that part, yeah, but yeah, I'm there's gonna...
1: like nine ancestral tenants or something, and one of them is shaving your or uh, sunning your butthole. And I'm just like, wait, 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 wait. is that
0: one stuff. of the ancestral tenants?
1: <laughs> That's what okay. I heard. It's sunning your your balls, or I don't know. I like, got it's uh, something like that. I, I've never actually lo- listened to his stuff, but people make fun of it. I haven't looked at the
0: tenants, but I'm gonna have to look at it now.
1: Google them now. Why oh, you look that? Has nothing to do with the you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars he spends on t- on uh, steroids. Nothing to do with that. Uh, well, he's off so, that now. He's off that now. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, he looks bigger now than he did before, just, just as big. Uh, um, I have some pretty passionate views about these biohacking tools and recovery tools. Uh, not that I don't like them. I, I do a lot of them. I, I cold plunge. I'll go to cryo. I'll get, you know, all sauna. But the passion for me comes from so many people want to do that first. Like they want to skip the foundations. Hey, I don't want to eat good. I don't want to move my body, but I'll I'll buy a $5,000 coal plunge and a $20,000 sock and put it in my house. I'm like, bro, that's 2% maybe of your results. And if you can't get the 98% down, like you're wasting your time. And so I've made some pretty passionate content or, you know, talk to people about like how much they're wasting their time and avoiding the hard work. It's like, do the foundational stuff first, fix what you put in your mouth, fix how you move your body consistently, like fix the lifestyle things before you waste your money and time on all these things that aren't going to make a difference. If you don't like, if you eat like trash, I don't care how often you cold plunge, you're still going to feel like trash. Like that's, that's a fact. Like, (laughs) is it going to help? Sure. It might you know, shine your turd a little bit of your diet. Like if you've heard that phrase, like can I shine a Uh, turd and make it look a little better? Like that's really what you're doing is you're shining a turd. If you don't fix the other stuff, but you can get the foundational stuff of your meals and movement and you can get your vitamins and supplements and your sleep and recovery. And then you add the biohacking stuff of cold plunges and recovery and sauna and, you know, cryotherapy and, you know, all these other things, then you actually can see the difference. It's like, you know, same thing if you try to, um, you know, like manipulate your water intake or your carb intake and you have a lot of body fat in your body, you're not going to really notice a difference. But yeah. when you get super lean, like guys that get on stage for bodybuilding, every bit of water and every bit of carbohydrates, like they look significantly different day to day because of how much they're holding. Yeah. And you can't like, it, it's a wild thing, but I see that's the same way is like, you're trying to manipulate the little tiny baby details that you're not going to notice a difference. So fix the foundations first and then you can do the more in-depth stuff.
0: Yeah. Makes sense. Okay. They're cool
1: though. They're, they're beneficial. There's definitely good studies. I'm not, you know, hate not hating on them. I just think people focus too much and not on the good on the, the real stuff.
0: Yeah. No, that's such a good point. Um, so so someone who's who's listening to this and like, all right, I'm I'm ready to make a change, I'm ready to take this serious. How do they reach out to you? How do they get started? How do they where where do they start?
1: Sure. There's two the things I'd love to do i do. Where's you... the
0: starting line? <laughs>
1: <laughs> two things I'd love to do. And I don't know if you could put this in the show notes, but I'd, I'd love to give everybody a free resource that just an ebook that I've written up that, you know, if they're just wanting to get started on a sick workout program, basic nutrition program, uh, I, I can give them this link that'll tell them how to calculate their calories, where to track it. It'll give them access to some workout and nutrition templates that they can follow. Uh, I think that's an easy starting place is just to get started with something like the starting line is just you starting, like make a commitment to yourself, get off the sidelines, like make a step into the game and actually start, committing to yourself so you can grow. And I believe your fitness is the foundation. If you want to change the other areas of your life, it starts with you fixing you. And if you can control what you put in your body and you moving consistently, you start to show up differently to every other area of your life. So I think that's first step is, you know, uh, you, you can include, include that link. It's basically, it's the starting fit forward slash free dash ebook which is too much for someone to type out so they can just click the show notes. That's number one. If you want to contact me and reach out uh, and want like help on this stuff, if you go to Cole 360com it has all of my contacts. So Cole 360com um, that'll have my social medias. It'll have my email it'll have a cell phone contact to have our website. It's a great way to really get connected with us. I'm also Cole David Taylor on all social medias, uh, but I'd be happy to help or answer questions. But if you just want a starting line or starting place, that document is an awesome starting place for people.
0: Heck yeah. Awesome, man. Thanks for doing that. Um, yeah. I know that's super helpful for a lot of people that are looking to get started, take the first step. Um, yeah. so that's awesome. Yeah. Um, well, cool, dude. It's been such a pleasure for me. Uh I love talking about fitness, learning more. There's always stuff to learn um and, and get better at. And then you you learn stuff, you forget it, you kind of get yeah. off track. So it's helpful to be around people like I you know. and uh and get realigned. So Appreciate yeah. you coming on, man. Um, any famous last words? <laughs>
1: you know, I, I would really encourage people outside of what we've already talked about. You know, you're the foundation of your business. If you change you, everything grows. But I think it's really important that we haven't talked a ton about is consider getting testing done. Um, if you want to accelerate this process, obviously it's great to just eat better and move more. That's a really great starting place. But if you really want to accelerate the like, figure out which is going on internally for your body, like fix that other lever. So you're not making it hard on yourself, or you might, you know, I I wish my family would have done more testing. So they might've caught some of that stuff that, you know, caused their early death. So big fan of getting blood work done, getting tests done, looking at your hormones, looking at nutrient deficiencies, your gut health, your metabolic health, all of those things will affect how you feel, how you perform and how you look. Um, And so big recommendation is get testing done, get data. So you can, good decisions that will make the process way easier for you. So there's no guessing. Uh, so, you know, in that document that I sent, there's information on how to get access to do, I can do what I did for Dean as well and just send him a link to some stuff. If you, you want to do it on your own, uh, our team does that stuff as well, but get testing done. The more information you can get, the better decisions you can make. Heck yeah. Awesome. Big dude. fan.
0: Big fan. <laughs> Appreciate, you, awesome, dude. Time. Appreciate you being on till next time, guys. Peace.